Welcome to another episode of Where the Fuck in the Popcorn Bags, the podcast where we review a movie, but not before we give you our expectations and then go watch it while we eat some snacks and get a little high, even though it's one in the afternoon. I am the one and only Mantis Toboggan, and if balls sag and no one's around to see them sag, do they even really sag? Hashtag men's rights. And I'm Brianna, and no, they don't. But I also think that the Taco Bell drive through menu is super confusing and it needs to change. And today, we'll be watching the long-awaited Coming to America. Coming to America is written by Barry Blostein, David Sheffield, and Kenya Barris. It is directed by Craig Brewer and stars Eddie Murphy, of course. Before we get into the movie of the night, however, Brianna and I are going to talk about our expectations and discuss some things we learned about it while lazily scanning the Google Chrome. Oh, hi, yes, hello. Uh, please stay tuned for after the review for uh, headlines and uh, more shitting on the Golden Globes. Uh, I would just like to uh, also ask, do you think I could have this a sandwich, Murphy? Thanks, Marjo. Appreciate it. Tidbits. I thought you said you didn't want to do titties. Well, we're going to get into tidbits because uh, it'll just... Uh, it'll, it just makes sense, Brianna. I, I, don't ha- I can only make so many segments in the show, yeah, okay? so. Okay, fine. It'll be part of tidbits. It'll be part of tidbits. Uh, and uh, what oh. we're speaking of is that me and Brianna both watched Coming to America, the first Coming to America, this week to get prepared for this one. Brianna, what did you think of the first Coming to America when you watched it? I had only ever seen Coming to America on like ABC Family, like in parts. I've never watched it from start to finish. So when I watched it, when I watched it on Prime, I was blown away that there are boobies in it. Like nice boobies. boobies. That's why I was rated R. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't know there was boobies in there. Yeah, I had no um, idea. But, you know, I uh, I actually watched it on Thursday night, and Thursday night Prime released it early, and I wanted to watch the sequel, and I was like, oh, I really want to watch the sequel now. You liked it that much? No. <laughs> but the, the fact that it was, like, available, I was like, oh, ooh, ee, I want to yeah. watch it. You're all impulse. I kind of felt <laughs> the same way. It was like, I didn't think it was that great. Eddie Murphy was funny. Oh, yeah, definitely. the 80s comedy is just weird. Like, just like the... The sowing your royal oats? Yeah, like the atmosphere and the tone and just like... Like, it's just like 80s comedies are, are super weird. Like, I... They're not that great. And it... They don't really come across that well anymore. Uh, and I'm not talking about, like, the, the boobs or the off-color jokes or, or like, you know, like, PC things. Like, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about, like, the movie itself. Like, I don't know. It just, it just didn't really do it for me. I didn't think it was that funny, to be completely honest with you. I thought it was funny. But I didn't think it was, like... I didn't think it was over the top, top 10 all time. Like this is, this is what some people talk about it. Like, really? Uh, yeah. I, I hear that. I hear people talk, put this in their top 10 all the time for comedies. I'm like, you, now I, now I've seen the full thing front to back as an adult. And I'm like, really? Like, this is not, this is not that great. I thought it was, I thought it was funny enough, but I hated the ending. Uh, I agree. Yeah. Too much. Oh, if, if honestly, too much fucking, too much fucking romance. I don't like, why did this have to be focused around? Like, I feel like it would have been way funnier if they didn't focus around the relationship that they, they were focusing around. So you just didn't like the movie. You could just say it. There's <laughs> too much, there's too much romance. It's a comedy movie. I don't need to, the romance, man. Just so the tone It's a rom-com. Fucking John Landis, whatever. 
A rom-com. I guess it's a rom-com. You're right. I guess I didn't think about it as a rom-com, though. If someone would have told me it was a rom-com going into it, I would have been like, okay. Well, people didn't know about rom-coms back when in the 80s. They didn't call them that. It could have been way funnier. Arsenio Hall was okay. I liked um, the different people that Eddie and Arsenio played. But, yeah. And I really liked Oha. I relate. I did, I did love uh, James Earl Jones as King Jaffrey Jafar. Mufasa, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, so that was made before Lion King, and I'm like, so they saw him in this and were like, okay, we need him to be Mufasa, right? That's what they decided because he sounds, ex- he just sounds like Mufasa in this. It's it's fantastic. To move on to the movie of the night, however, coming to America, I'm emphasizing the two. You guys get it, Brianna. In January 2017, an announcement was made which addressed the impending production of a sequel to the original film, Coming to America. Kevin Misher was named as a producer, and David Sheffield and Barry Blostein, the original screenwriters, were also attached to the project. I'm literally going to tell Wikipedia that you plagiarized them. Yeah, you can just tell. <laughs> I mean, like, you can just tell them. I'm going to report you. However, uh, a possible participation of Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall were left up in the air. David Sheffield was the cab driver in the original. Did you know that? No. Did you? Do you remember the cab driver in the, the beginning of the movie? Yes. Yes, so he's, he wrote the movie with Eddie Murphy and Barry Blostein. The original one. And then so they, then they brought in Kenya Barris, who has done mixed-ish and grown-ish and black-ish and black as fuck. He's like in the zeitgeist right now. He's killing it. <laughs> Filming officially began in 2019, though, Brianna, in August in Atlanta, Georgia. Did you know that Rick Ross, uh, they used Rick Ross's house? Yeah, I did. I read that. And they were like, his house was so big, it has a lake. Rick Ross is the boss. He is. <laughs> but also I heard that he's just like, a, it's all a, it's all an act. And he was a corrections officer. And he was like a really like down to earth and, and non-threatening guy. I don't know if that's true or not. That's just what I've heard on the interwebs. Okay, well, why can't he be both? I guess he could be both. Yeah, that's true. You could be, yeah, yeah, you're totally right. That's, I'm, I was being ignorant. Totally. You can still be a boss, but you can still be, you know, really down to earth. How many Beverly Hills cops have you seen, Brianna? Do you really want to know? Yeah. I've seen three of them. My favorite is the second one. Are you excited for the fourth one? Because Eddie Murphy confirmed that on production of this. Not really. Not really. The third one was like, oof. Third one was rough. (laughs) I liked Dolomite is my name. I hope I'm going to like this. I like Eddie Murphy, but I don't know. We'll... I'm not, I'm I really like right Daddy now. Daycare. Yes, I really liked Daddy Daycare. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. Um, so uh, James Earl Jones is, is obviously in this, but he didn't travel to the set or film his scenes with Eddie Murphy because he's so old. How old is James Earl Jones? I read that, but I never considered to like click into how old he is. I think he's in his late 80s. Okay. Uh, so it would make sense, especially... especially um, oh, well, actually, this was proved for Corona, so never mind. Um, in January 2019, though, a few months earlier, when they announced the sequel would be moving forward, Eddie Murphy obviously was reprising his role, and they, uh, this was after Eddie Murphy's success with Dolomite Is My Name, and he picked Craig Brewer, who was the director of Dolomite Is My Name, to do this movie for him. He asked Arsenio Hall to come back, and John Amos, and Sherry Headley, Paul Bates, obviously James Earl Jones, too. A couple people not reprising their roles, the dude with the Jerry Curl not coming back. Oh, also his mom in the movie died in 95. And I think she's in this movie in like archival footage. I wanted the guy with the Jerry Curl to come back. Yeah. I thought they were funny. Samuel Jackson is also not in this movie. Well, he like, how would they have written him back in? Like, that wouldn't have made sense. I mean, they could have, but it would have just been bad and like tacky. Craig Brewer also directed Hustle and Flow. I didn't know that. 
Damn, Craig Brewer getting around. I thought that was interesting. Morgan Freeman's in it, I guess. Eddie Murphy was doing an interview and he said he wasn't, he told, he was like, I totally wasn't thinking about doing a sequel to the movie because the story ended and he, he thought they lived happily ever after and he was cool with all that. But he thought like if he was going to do a sequel to any one movie, it was going to be coming to America because of the, the cultness of it, which I didn't, re- I didn't know it was like a huge cult movie. I thought people just liked it. I think that he was just given a, uh, like a reason. He was like, he's just bullshitting. Like, ah, yeah, like people really, it's a cult classic. People really like it. So I want to do it. But he's also making Beverly Hills Cop 4. Like, okay. He did say, though, that a lot of the reason that he made the movie was because he saw how, how they de-aged Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator Genesis. He said he realized that he could pull it off. He was like, I could do a sequel to this movie. He's like, you could, you could connect the dots and like... Eddie Murphy doesn't look as old as uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger looks like the bottom of an old shoe. Yeah, well, I guess they... I'm assuming they use de-aging technology in this movie, though, if that's what that's what made Eddie Murphy want to make this. Is it set directly after the, mo- after the events of the last one? That's what I want to know. No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to know what's going on. No, it's not, um... But do you want to know one my one tidbit that will give you maybe a hint on why it's not like that? Yeah. One of Eddie Murphy's 10 kids is in the film and she plays his daughter. 10 kids? Mm Mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy has 10 kids. Jesus Christ, Eddie Murphy. With like five different women. I love it. Eddie Murphy loves the (laughs) fuck. Nice. Good for him. (laughs) He loves sowing his royal oats. (laughs) (laughs) He done sold them everywhere. He sold all the oats. He's got quite the green thumb, yeah. At the time of this recording, Brianna, it has a 5.5 out of 10 on IMDb, based on 13,950 reviews. It also has a 52% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, based on 158 reviews, and a 51% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, based on more than 500 reviews. Uh, I couldn't find a Metacritic score yet, and it ha- 84% of Google users like this movie. Oh, well, that's all that matters. Google users have officially become the silly billies of the ratings world. They're just they're just throwing up numbers. 84%. <laughs> Fuck it. Whatever. I like this movie. I'm a, I'm a Google user. All right, cool. Awesome. That's all I got, Brianna. That's all the titty bits, titty bits I got. You ready to go watch this thing? Mm-hmm. I'm moderately excited. I'm less excited than I was before I watched the first one, if I'm being completely honest. But I've been read wrong many a time. This, I'm just this ready podcast. to see Wesley Snipes. Yes, Wesley Snipes is in this. Fantastic. Blade. All right, you want to give me the synopsis while I pack my bunk? Yeah. You ready? I ready, though. The African monarch Akeem learns he has a long-lost son in the United States and must return to America to meet this unexpected heir and build a relationship with his son. Oh, okay, so it's not set directly after the uh, the events. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> Those are our laughs now, so enjoy them. All right, uh, pack up all your shits, bitch. Oh, uh, your soup. Remember the soup. It's a soup thing. Oh, oh, soup, soup noise. Oh, yeah, soup. All right, get your soup ready. And in three, two, one... Well, we're back from watching Coming to America. Brianna, what'd you think of the film? Uh, you know, it was fine. <laughs> it was good enough for, we don't get a lot of good comedy movies nowadays anyway, so this is on par. This is good enough. I appreciated it. I kind of enjoyed it, actually, the more I think about it. An alternative title could have been uh, just Black Don't Crack. Because oh every God. fucking person in this movie has not aged a day. 
James Earl Jones, 90, looking 70. Eddie Murphy, looking 45. The his the main character, his wife Lisa in the movie, she's 56 in real life, and she looks like a 40-year-old. She looks like, like 25. It, everybody looked so, from the original movie, looked so young, except for Oha. Oha was showing his age a little bit. But that's but, only his hair. Like, the rest of them, it was just like, whatever. This was... This was way better than the first. It was a great retread for new generations, I think. If you didn't see the first one, you're probably not going to like this one as much as I do. Uh, you got to slog your way through the first one to to get really every nuance in this one. And there's a lot of nuances. They do a good job of that. I think the comedy has come a long way. Me and Brianna were talking about this. It's just different now, obviously. And um, obviously things they talked about in this movie were more relevant to our generation or just people in this era. It really worked in a lot of respects, but you really should see the first one, even if you don't really like it that much, to uh, to, to see this one. I personally think that the determining factor was Kenya Barris. I think that he had a lot to do with it, because two old white guys are not going to be able to write this movie without the impact of a 30-something-year-old black guy. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, that's it's true. Just, right? <laughs> the, the CGI was great, I thought. There's CGI lion farts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a CGI lion, and I thought it was really good, and he farted. But also Zamunda looks way better than it did in the first one, obviously, once again, just because of the technology that we have today. Mm -hmm. But I also like how they dove into the customs, Brianna. I, I really like how this film focused more on like the outside world of Zamunda. Yeah, other than just like the palace and them throwing roses at his feet. Yeah, it made Zamunda a real country. Rick Ross's house, by the way. Woo. I want to go. Holy shit. Yeah, I want to go to Rick Ross's house. Man, he's in it. He's, he's in the background looking cool. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, Eddie Murphy wasn't really the star though in this movie. No, Jermaine Fowler was, mm -hmm. and I think that was it was it was it was proper. They did it in a proper way, but he didn't really talk that much, like you kind of said, or Eddie Murphy. A lot of people didn't talk very much. Like I don't I don't know who was talking the whole time, but it was it was weird. Like Eddie Murphy yeah. didn't talk a lot. His wife didn't talk a lot for like a really long time, and then even the daughters like all three of the daughters are just standing there and it was like ooh what is what's going on Tracy Morgan had a lot of lines Leslie Jones had a lot of lines but they were really funny I really enjoyed them I liked them they were perfect played a family from Queens it's it it really worked really well it works well on its own but it really worked well as a sequel um so much puma in this movie Brianna did you notice that in Pepsi there was a lot of uh, like product not product is that product placement product placement yeah, like yeah, name placement, branding yeah. and stuff like yeah there was puma but i guess you could play it off as like oh maybe it was just like a random actual puma <laughs> but like the pepsi thing was the pepsi thing's funny because they're already at a place called like mcdowell's and they kind of play off of things like the mcflurby <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that was they, they brought a lot of good stuff back too uh i think the humor was more relevant obviously but uh i think all the all the stuff they brought back was really funny. All the old characters coming back, like the barbershop guys and Arsenio Hall's like sexist um, priest. And like these characters, like they're played different now because of the the world we live in. So like I, I really think it, it, it does a lot for it, especially if you know the co the type of comedy that was going on in the late 80s. Mm -hmm. uh, Louis Anderson, Brianna, what'd you think? He cracked. Uh, Louis Anderson, he looked fine when you see him at the beginning of the movie, but when you see him at the end of the movie, he looks like a ghost. Like, he is so pale. And it's like, oh God, what did they do to him? Was that like the first take they had and they like didn't get his makeup right? But he looks so creepy and like 
pacey and ugh. but other than that i liked him i liked him in the first one i thought he was funny yeah he was great in the first one louis anderson's enjoyable character in, in a lot of things he plays but didn't he have his own show called louis i'm louis anderson he had a cartoon called life with louis life with louis that's what it was great stuff i remember that it was but he had it was like a kid but he had like louis anderson's voice so it was funny yeah <laughs> <laughs> this was a fun movie don't uh don't overthink it but go see it um, I'm going to give it a 36 out of 50 pop. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's just 36. That's a, that's a, that's a 72 out of a hundred. That's good. It's good enough. You know what I mean? It's, it's fresh, but it's not certified fresh. Mm-hmm. You know, let's go see it. It's way better than the first one. I enjoyed it. I laughed. What did you, how many popcorn bags are you giving it? Um, Brianna's going to give it a 22. A 22. <laughs> okay. Okay. What would you have given the first one? Like a 30. Yeah. I'd probably give the first one like a 24. I don't know. I just liked, I liked the first one. This one's good, but like, it's just, it's a little too made to be a sequel. So, but it's free. It's free on Prime. It's free on Prime. Go check it the out. The first one's on Prime too. It's like, it's, it's not bad. It's not a bad watch. It's just like, oh yeah. There it is. There it goes. Uh, not as much of a slog or a annoyance to get through as the first one. Mm-mm. The first one dragged. This one goes. This up. one the goes. Story, the story was better. Yeah. It was well written and the story structure was fine. It, it had good little setups and good little payoffs. So no qualms. But let's get into it, Brianna. Spoilers! Favorite parts. Give me give me your favorite parts. One of my favorite Give them to me. <laughs> one of my favorite parts was when they first go back to Queens, when uh, Simi and uh, Akeem go back to Queens and they see the old barbershop guys, they like talk about how they have to be like politically correct and stuff. And then mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy's like barbershop character is talking about like transgendered people and like Simi and Akeem are standing there like, what? They, <laughs> what do they do? <laughs> they, I, I'll give you the line because I wrote it down because it's one of my favorite parts. The, the barbershop the barbershop owner goes, they can turn your penis into a vagina now. <laughs> and then the, another old guy in that same scene goes, the Nazis are back. <laughs> and he's, he's worried about the, he's like, but now they dress like geek squad. <laughs> I thought that was good. Uh, the girl he left at the altar in the first one where he was like bark like a dog hop on one foot she comes back barking like a dog and hopping on one foot and she's in like the same outfit and she looks a little like <laughs> she's just been doing this for 30 years <laughs> I, thought that was pretty I thought that was a pretty funny play on like yeah you know we're gonna reference from the first one it's funny I liked that mm-hmm. one Dude, was, were the references too much for you? No, there wasn't like too many, but there I was. I thought they were appropriate. There were some good ones. Like she was the original, like wife was there. The the rapping mm-hmm. twins that they meet when they first go to Queens, when they go to that oh. club, they're in it. Like yeah. I liked that. The very end of the movie was that one of your favorite parts as well? I can because you mentioned that while we were. Oh yeah, the like movie. the ending scene, where, like where they get uh, where what's his face. Sexy chocolate? Sexual sexual chocolate chocolate comes back, like... Sexual chocolate comes back, and then the twins come back, and they start rapping, and... Yeah, Yeah, it's it's just like a fun, like, party. You're like, I wish I was there. (laughs) Everyone's dancing. Matumbo was in that scene, and he he gave a, no, no, no. No, no, no. (laughs) He's not in that scene. Not today, Matumbo. No, no, no. But yeah, it just, like, it looked like a fun party. Like, Wesley Snipes was dancing. Everyone had, like, their own little dancing part. Like, I just liked it. Wesley Snipes was good in this. Everyone was, was enjoyable in this, uh... It didn't seem as ham-fisted as the first one. I liked the love story a lot more than the first one. This It just seemed more natural. It was between Jermaine Fowler and his barber, uh, this female barber, and... The groomer. I, it, 
The royal groomer. The groomer. Yeah, the, the royal groomer. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> and then it just, it was more natural. It was more fluid. And they fell in love. You saw them fall in love, unlike the first one where it kind of just happened. Yeah, the first one is weird. The first one seemed like they wrote the movie and then were made to put in a love story. But this one seems like they wrote the love story with with the concept of having it in the, the actual movie. Like, it sounds like a studio came into the first one and was like, well, you need a love story. And they were like, oh, fuck. Okay. I don't know. I just felt like the first one, like, he was so in love with her and she was so in love with her fiance. And then, like, they had, like, one little tiff. It was kind of a big tiff. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. she was, like, in love with Eddie Murphy's character. And I was like, what? Like, that's all it takes? Like, she's a hoe. But once again, <laughs> the, the first one, the first one was was made to create this one in my opinion now i love the mcdowell's stuff i love that in the first one and i loved that in this one the mcflurby and they go to like the plant-based burger and it's just grass from like zamunda <laughs> did you have any more favorite parts brianna not that i can think of right now what about least favorite part? yeah i didn't have any least favorite parts either there was just parts that i was like oh yeah there they are <laughs> Which parts were those? Like the whole movie. <laughs> the whole movie? I'll give you two specific parts if you can think of one for me. One was Arsenio saying that he was looking for the perfect vagina in America. I was just like, that's a that was a weird line. It was just like, you could have said differently. I don't know. Like, it, it's like, I was looking for the perfect vagina. And I was like, what? What do you, what? Yeah, that was weird. And then the rapping. I wasn't expecting the rapping with Tayana Taylor. I thought that was kind of bizarre. Uh, well, like when I saw the credits and I saw that like people would be in it, like Salt and Peppa and En Vogue, and she was going to be in it, I was kind of like, okay, like I sort of see something. But yeah, I didn't know it was going to come and turn into like a rap battle. I was like, oh. Yeah, see, Salt and Peppa were rapping, and I didn't think that was very weird. But when like the Jermaine Fowler started rap battling his future fiance, I was like, well, I don't know what's happening. That's kind of bizarre. That, got but that was very weird. short-lived. <laughs> That's really all the least favorite parts that I had, though. Could, did you think of one that you that, that you can think of now? I wish that the, like, daughters, like, talked more. Like, that whole story kind of seemed a little rushed on, like, uh, the oldest daughter becoming queen and then, like, the other daughters were just kind of, like, theirs, like, blobs. It was definitely mostly about the son, like, finding love and stuff. But I wish they kind of talked more about the daughters. Yeah, I completely agree. At the end of the movie, obviously, he goes like, you're going to become the queen. I'm the king. I can make that decision. Like, Kind of like how uh, James Earl Jones did it in the first one. But it just seemed really, yeah, like Brianna said, quick. And they didn't really go over it well. There was never like a, it, was not, it wasn't like a big moment like it should have been because it was kind of a big plot of the movie. It got a little like forgotten. Yeah, I was honestly, there was about five minutes left and I was writing down what happened to the daughter. Eddie Murphy came in and said what he said to her and I was like, oh, I erased it because I was like, okay. But <laughs> okay, still, bye. I'm just but, not talking about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, yes, I won't talk about it. But here we are talking about it. That's all I got. It was it was good enough. That's that's the review for me. Was there ever a porn called Coming to America? Ooh, I don't know. That's a good one. But I did see today on IMDb that there's a movie called Captain Battle. <laughs> it's like a Captain America ripoff. Oh. There's boobs in it, I think. Ooh, so it's definitely a porn. <laughs> I don't porn. think it's a porno, though. Yeah, No, I don't think it's a porno. I think it's just like a, a mockbuster is what they call them. With boobs. Um, yeah, captain battle and he gets like gets some juice injected in him in iran and then he becomes he's got a shield and a and an eye patch okay okay (laughs) go see coming to america everybody you good with that brianna that's the review that's it go see it don't go to a theater but yeah don't go i don't think it's in theaters is it no no it said on imdb that it was released in like december so i was kind of confused and i thought right we're just we're, we're we're almost out of this thing people don't go be going to theaters yet just wait god damn it what else did you watch this week, Brianna? 
Because I want to go to the movies. I miss the cinema. I want to go so bad. I miss the smell of popcorn when you walk in there and you're like, Ooh. oh, girl. And like you start whapping Ooh. a little and you're like, whoa. When you go back to the movies, it's just going to smell like popcorn and jism because everybody's going to be coming to pants <laughs> when they walk in smelling that. It's going to be wet floor signs <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Gross. So what else did you watch this week? Uh, I had kind of a lame watch week this week. I was a little tired from work. But I managed to watch all five episodes of Lupin, the French show about the con artist. Okay, what'd you think? I watched it in French. <laughs> okay, with sub- subtitles. <laughs> with the sub- subtitles. With the subtitles. Um, it was good. <laughs> I liked it. I suggest it. Did you finish WandaVision? Uh, I literally came so close to crying. So close. Like, I wow, felt them. I felt my eyes weakening. And I was like, don't you do it. What point? When... Spoiler, spoiler for one. Spoiler one. Yeah, spoiler. Right don't, we'll, we'll shut up if you're not... Okay, you should have already watched it, though. It's Sunday. Yeah, spoiler 30 seconds. When she's saying goodbye to Vision, when, like, the whole world that she created is kind of ending. Like, I got a little, like, choked up when the kids had to, like, didn't know and they were just going to sleep. And I was like, oh, God. It was like in Titanic when like the mom is like singing to those kids in bed. I was like, oh no, oh no. And then when she says goodbye to Vision, I'm like, oh gosh, no. And that's when I almost cried. Did you watch the two after credit scenes? I thought those were awesome. Yeah. Really makes me think that she's going to be a bad guy. Why? Because like I heard some rumors that she might be a bad guy in the Doctor Strange movie. Or like not a bad guy, but like she might like fall into becoming a bad guy or something like that. And I was like, oh, that would be good. Because what if she goes into, like, a multiverse and, like, tries to retrieve her kids? You know what I mean? I haven't, like, read this anywhere, but I'm just saying, like... Because the next Doctor Strange movie is called, like, The Multiverse of Madness. So she could be trying to go to another universe where she could find the kids, maybe, possibly. I don't know. Who knows? Hmm. If it happens, you heard it here first. (laughs) Where's my money, Disney? (laughs) Um, I'm on a MCU rewatch as well. I've gone through, like, the first six movies chronologically so far. Avengers probably I can't decide if Avengers is better than Iron Man. I think it's better than Iron Man. It's I mean it's really good looking and it's just enjoyable, great blockbuster overall. But I think right now it goes, probably goes like Avengers and then Iron Man. But then the Incredible Hulk, oh, that was bad. That's way worse than Captain Marvel. I, nobody ever talked about that. Which one did you watch? The Incredible Hulk, the one from 2008. With Eric Bana? No, no, with Edward Norton. Yeah, that one is bad. <laughs> That's the one I watched. The Edward, Nor- the Eric Bana one leads into the Edward Norton one rather well. Interesting. Just a little fun. I also watched I Care A Lot, and I hated it. It was so bad. I hated it. I can't say it enough, like, I don't know how this woman won a fucking Golden Globe, which, by the way, I'm, I got I got a little something to say about the Golden Globes in a little bit. But Rosamund Pike was fine. The story was fucking weird. I don't want to... I, I didn't want to root for her at all. I didn't want to root for... P, I didn't want to root for Peter Dinklage's character. I didn't want to root for anyone. And she died way too late in the movie. I wanted her to die the whole time. It just wasn't structured properly. It was so weird, and it felt thoughtless, and just like aggressive and something like that would never happen and i know it's a movie but like fuck off like that's just you don't make a movie about a villain and then make them the protagonist i, I don't know like you, know, you can you can do that in a lot of ways but this movie just did not do it well and it it really bummed me out and it, it was just just bad movie i just hated her the whole time and i really wanted her to die and she did but like ugh. I don't want to get into it any further, though, Brianna. I know you liked it, which I don't get. I liked it, but I told you I didn't think it was Golden Globe worthy. But you liked it. 
Yeah. Like, that just like. But I don't want to like. I don't want to see it again. How'd she beat the Russian mafia? What the hell? She's like a super spy by the end of the movie. It didn't even make any sense. And there was no background information on her. There was no reason we saw that made her like no flashbacks to why she was such a callous bitch because she just she wanted to be she wanted money and she didn't like to be poor listen if you're gonna make maleficent make maleficent don't make a shit bag of a movie i liked it but it's not on my list of like movies i watch continuously it's no wolf of wall street for me oh god don't even <laughs> that's blasphemy headlines extra extra read all about it quiet place 2 moved up to may brianna that's that's coming up. That's bold. We'll be able to watch that. That's a bold move. They're probably going to drop it on a streaming service. Are you going right? to let us? Sold. Are you going to let us watch the new Conjuring? Is there? Is it a reboot? It's not. It's like a continuation. It's like a sequel. I guess you would call it. Because there's like seventy thousand Conjuring. I think. Right? I don't like, think this it? is called the Conjuring though. But it's about the. It's about Lorraine and Ed Warren. And it has like it has the people in it from the Conjuring. Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson. We'll we'll discuss. I just we'll wanted see. to put you on the spot. Okay, yeah, well, I don't know. I'll tell you what, if anybody re- reaches out to either one of us and says that we need to watch it, I'll watch it, but I doubt anybody's going to do that, so. Concrete Cowboy, Brianna, do you know what that is? This is like a rhinestone cowboy? No, it's a movie coming on Netflix in April where Idris Elba plays a urban cowboy in modern-day, like, North Philadelphia. So a 15-year-old boy moves from Detroit to Philadelphia to live with his father, and upon arriving, he, like, discovers the world of urban horseback riding. Which is, like, riding motorcycles? No, it's riding horses. Like, this is a real thing. Like, there's urban cow- there's like an urban cowboy club in Philly. They fucking roll through the hood on their horses and, like, hang out. So this is, it's kind of, ba- it's based off a book. Interesting. <laughs> Idris Elba, though, is a fantastic actor, and I'm excited to watch that. You got any headlines? Yeah, I do. Thanks for asking. Yeah, let me hear it. We need to watch Detective Chinatown. The third one or the first one? Any of them. I think, well, obviously to watch the third one, I think you need to watch the first two, but I think that we need to watch them. I think they're really good. Why Why do you say that? Because I keep seeing all these things about them and how they open to like a huge like box office and like, I just want to see them. I think we can make that happen because after, after that headline of how much money they made on opening weekend, I've been thinking about it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's that That might be something that we might have to do. We're going to have some down weeks coming up. We, we could fucking do Detective Chinatown. <laughs> really, really get into the nitty gritty. People want to know what that's go- what's going on with that for sure. Um, There's going to be a, Di- a Mighty Ducks show coming out to Disney Plus, I think, at the end of the month. Did you see it? Are you serious? Yeah, Emilio no, Estevez. Live action? Or... Emilio Estevez is in it. It's like a... <gasps> uh, it's a sequel to the movies where Emilio Estevez plays this like jaded ice rink owner who hates kids and hates hockey and the Mighty Ducks have turned into like basically what the the Hawks were in the first Mighty Ducks movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's like a th- really good throwback to the first time, like one of the first times you see Charlie Conway in the first movie, he's wearing like a Minnesota sweatshirt. And in the trailer for the show, there's a kid wearing, like, a Minnesota sweatshirt. And I'm like, yeah, I can't wait. Like, Lauren Graham's in it. She's fine. But Emilio Estevez is in it. I'm, I'm ready to watch it. I love it. That's fantastic. But it's basically, like, now. they give Emilio Estevez a new set of Mighty Ducks, but they don't call them the Mighty Ducks because the Mighty Ducks have turned into, like, assholes. Oh, I hope Keenan's in it at some point. <laughs> I'm I'm ready. I want to see it so bad. Oh, that's awesome. You just geared me up for that. <laughs> it's called Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Ooh, I wonder what their new team's going to be called. I don't know, like the Mighty Flops. 
The sad boys. <laughs> oh, what was my other thing? Oh, they're shooting, Ben Affleck is shooting a film in Boston right now. Oh. This is the third movie that's been filmed since uh, COVID started last year in the city of Boston. I know. I Yeah, that's we've had a lot of movies. What's he filming? He's filming a movie about, it looks old timey. Um, but it's about like a younger version of him, not like Ben Affleck, but like the character he's playing and he plays like, I think like a, maybe like a mob person. I don't know, but whatever. They were thought. That last mob movie he did was not great. Which one? I forget what it was called, but it was not great. He directed it too. Jersey Girl? No, 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 no. I read a Golden Globes. I read an article about the Golden Globes. I wanted to share a, a small excerpt and get your take on it because I feel like it hits the nail right on the head. You ready? Yeah. It comes from an article on Collider. And the headline of the article was, we need to drop the Golden Globes. Oh. And uh, so obviously it caught my attention. I cherry picked three out of the maybe eight paragraphs, but they're all pretty relevant. It begins, uh, last night, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association held the 78th annual Golden Globe Awards. For the layperson, you'd be forgiven for thinking that the Golden Globes matter. They've been around for almost 80 years, they're broadcast live on network television, and they manage to gather famous people from both film and television. If you don't keep up with the entertainment business, it looks like a fairly innocuous award show, but once you've done only a modicum of digging, you know that the HFPA is, at best, a punchline of an organization, and at worst, as reported by the Los Angeles Times, deeply corrupt. The 87-member HFPA, which does not even publish a list of its members, has been accused of self-dealing and essentially using the money they receive from NBC for the award show to pay for their own members, which is a clear conflict of interest. This in addition to decades of accusations of HFPA members being essentially bought off through lavish gifts and trips as recently as one such trip on behalf of the Netflix series Emily in Paris. Even if you assume that art should be placed in a competitive framework with other art, the Globes has no constituency. They're not esteemed critics. They're not fellow artists. They're people that can clearly be bought. Their organizations lack diversity. And as you can see from this year's crop of nominees, where they recognized Emily in Paris over an acclaimed work like I May Destroy You, they're woefully out of touch. In their crassest form, the Globes are a vehicle where a small group of people are essentially working for Hollywood to create the illusion of prestige through an award that lacks value because it comes from voters who have none. Honestly, it's so true, though. It's scathing and 100% factual. Every word I've just read is 100% factual. The Globes have no footing to stand on when it comes to their irrelevancy or accreditation. They're a joke, and I've said it for fucking years. They are not up to up to snuff of the Emmys and the Oscars. You can win a Globe way easier than than that, and it makes sense. It makes sense that you'd want to have an award show that you can put a claim on your movies, so you can sell more movies. I get that, but when you make it abundantly clear that your people can be bought and your votes essentially uh, are just monetized, I don't understand why you even have to exist. I always just thought of the Golden Globe as like the fun party before the Oscars, which essentially I think actors see it as that. They're not like, I don't know, but it is part of like winning like the... It sounds, it's been around for so long that it just sounds like, see, that's the thing. Like I always viewed it as a warm up to the Oscars too. I always viewed it as a warm up to the, the Emmys too, because 
uh, it's just like, you know, it's a smaller award. You know it doesn't mean as much recognition. But now you you know all these awful things about the HFPA and you really can't get past any of them. I'm just wondering, though, like if it's really that bad and it's obviously been bad for quite some time. I don't think it started this bad, but it's been bad for a while. Like, why do people continue to go to it and like... If you win a Golden Globe, then like that still means something to the normal person. You know what I mean? The person that watches like the Today Show. When somebody says Golden Globe Award winner, that means something to, to that person. It might not mean something to me and you who have looked more into it and know a little bit more about it. But like to, you know, my grandmother who used to watch the Today Show 15 years ago when she'd turn it on and hear those words, she'd be like, oh, that's in- that's impressive. But like why are the actors going to it? They love to like. Because they can get drunk and get free gifts and. Once again, if you're a Golden Globe accredited, people think you're a little special. See, well, that's what it just feeds into it more. Exactly. Maybe maybe at this point, production companies are making, um, maybe writing that into, I don't know, maybe they're writing it into contracts, must, must attend award show if nominated. Something to think about. That's all I got for movie news, though. I just wanted to share that quote because I thought it was extremely relevant to what we were talking about last week. That leads me into my last slimy headline about a big slime ball that... AMC CEO. Okay. They revealed how much he made last year. For 2020? Yeah. Okay. $20 million. Holy fuck. Are you serious? Yep. Wow. You know how many people they laid off? Yep. How much money they reported losing? Fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. I have AMC stock too. I should sell it now. Yep. Adam Aaron. Adam Aaron. Thanks. Aaron? Yeah. Thanks, Aaron. What a dick. But, oh well. Well, that's just, like, that's just, a, that's fucking this country in a nutshell, man. You, you, if you allow companies to do shit like that, they're going to do it. What, what can I say? That's almost as confusing to me as probably the Taco Bell drive through <laughs> menu is for Brianna. Why are you so confused by that? I don't understand. Okay, I'm not confused by it. I just think that conceptually, it's a confusing menu. Because unlike McDonald's or Burger King... Taco Bell only serves, like, tacos, essentially. Sure, they have a quesadilla. Right. Sure, they Different forms. Yeah, sure, they have quesadillas. Sure, they have Crunchwrap Supremes. But, like, essentially everything is a taco in a Dorito shell, a hard shell, or a soft shell. <laughs> I agree with that. And yeah, so I think that. in my mind, when I go to Taco Bell, I want all pictures. I don't want any writing except for, like, what the wor- like what it is. I don't think they should have combo meals because, honestly, their combo meals are, like, a ripoff. But I hate the combo meals at Taco Bell because it just comes with an extra taco. Yeah, it comes with an extra taco. It's, just, it's like again, it's like five hundred more dollars than like you would get everything a la carte. But anyway, mm-hmm. they should have all pictures. I hope Taco Bell's listening to this. All pictures with like what it is underneath and the price. Perfect. But like they shouldn't have all these different names for things. They should just be like, if you want a chalupa, sure you can have a chalupa. That's the fried like dough thing. Great. If you want, like, a Doritos Locos Taco, call it Doritos Locos Taco. And if you want to, like, Supreme it, it should be like, a, oh, like, make it a biggie. Like, that's what it should just be like. It should be like, make it a Supreme. <laughs> and they should have <laughs> never gotten rid of the Mexican pizza. Because everything... Or the potatoes. Yeah, everything that they make in Taco Bell can be made from, like, a Mexican pizza. That's what they should do, though. They're like, oh, you want a quesadilla? Yeah, they have quesadilla. Oh, you want a hard shell taco? Oh, sure. Do you want a Doritos Loco shell? Oh, no. Do you want Supreme? Oh, no. Okay, well, then I'm just getting a regular little fucking taco with lettuce and cheese. 
It's just too confusing. And like all their burritos are essentially the same thing. They're just beans and cheese inside a tortilla. And then they randomly add like a meat or something. It's like, but why is that so complicated? Like if you want a burrito, you should be like, oh, I want a burrito. It's like, oh, do you want chicken? I think they should make it more like, I don't know, Subway where you just go and pick things through the line. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> but obviously, well, <laughs> a Taco Bell like, wouldn't have to. It wouldn't be like custom like Subway. It would just be like, yeah, you want that? Okay, you don't want that? Like, I don't know. I just drove up the other day and I was so confused. And I was like, where did that thing go that I used to get? Like, why did they take things off? They don't need to take things off. Everything is made from the same stuff. Those are valid points. Might as well turn the show into where the fuck are the good menu layouts? <laughs> where the fuck is the good menu design? I don't know. I don't know. Find either. out next episode. Like, I could barely find the na- Like, I didn't want nachos, but I could barely find the nachos on the menu. I was like, where the fuck are they? There should be a picture of nachos. <laughs> you feel, you sound really hot on this issue. I think I'm going to, uh, I think I'm going to let you rant off, off episode before, before we start losing people. No, that's it. The end. But point taken, Rihanna. Uh, Taco Bell, get your fucking shit together. Thank you for listening, everybody. We really appreciate it. We love you. Hit us up on uh, Discord. Hit us up on Instagram. Hit us up on Twitter. I'm doing a. Uh, you can follow my MCU recap on Twitter. I'm I'm tweeting about it, so wow. you can find it there. Yeah, we're 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 big time now. Um, next week we are watching Cherry, starring Tom Holland. Can't wait. Brianna, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Bye, beans. Later. Ooh, ooh.